the terrifying world of monsters, all roads lead to the graveyard. For it is here that the werewolves prowl, the witches cast their evil spells, and the vampires rise from the dead. Or at least so they tell us. Tremble in despair, mortals, and prepare to enter Dio's world. Hey, guys. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, parentheses Dio World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. Today we watched the 45th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders. Uh, hang on. <laughs> Let me check my numbers. Liam! If there's one thing I enjoy, it's a numbers game. So it's the 71st episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yep. The 45th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. And the 21st episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, Season 2, Battle in Egypt. It covers chapters 248 through 252 of the manga. This episode is brought to you by Aeriths. Hi Aeriths, thank you for giving us money. It's a shame that you're dead from Final Fantasy VII, but you know what? Low-hanging fruit. It was all worth it in the end. Right? Right? That joke. Sold well with you. I never played that video game. This is... Ooh. Okay. Well, okay. Let's just say all you need to say is too soon whenever you hear Hey, Aerith. Thanks for your support. I'm Liam S. Smith, and I approve this message. <laughs> I'm Nick Ballantyne. I don't approve your message. Nick, we've come a long way. We have, haven't we? From Japan to Egypt. Yep. We've travelled. It's been one week since you... Uh, <laughs> it's been probably about two-thirds of our podcast by this point. Of what? Waiting? Of the trip from Japan to Egypt. That is true, yeah. And now we're finally here. We're finally at the destination. We did it. Dio's here. He's up in the mix. He's tearing shit up. He's really going for it. He's just like, well, I can go outside now. He's bringing that same sinister bombast that won our our mutual love and hate way back in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1, Phantom Blood. Fun fact, I watched basically all of that yesterday (laughs) and then the first... Four or five episodes of part f- part two, too. <laughs> Were you sitting there going, Jojo, deal? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, man. I had some Christmas drinks at the house the previous night. I was feeling a bit subpar. So I just plunked myself on the couch and watched, let's well, not mince words, five hours of anime. <laughs> <laughs> You're just there going, this is good. This is a good life. Yeah. I feel much better about myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nick. Yes. I want to share with you some words of wisdom from our friend, your friend, my friend, Dio's friend, creator of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Hirohiko Araki. Okay. What's he got to say? Well, this is from volume 27 of the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure manga. Okay. In my entire life, I've only seen a ghost once. It happened a few years ago when I travelled in England. I stayed in a hotel that used to be an old castle. It was only eight o'clock, but I was exhausted. So I went, I want to bed early. (laughs) A few minutes after I lay down, a woman came out through the slightly open bathroom door. I saw that there was blood on her wrist. Continued in next volume. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why are they always continued? You know, that's that's part of proper storytelling. You know, you leave them wanting more. That's true. After all, that's where the to be continued meme comes from. 
Nick. Yes. Ghosts. You ever seen one? Um, I don't think so. Great. I remember Great, like good audio. <laughs> yeah, I remember back in like primary school, they were like, "Did you ever hear about the ghost of this place? Did you ever do the Bloody Mary?" No, I what didn't. What you do is you get uh, some potato juice, <laughs> tomato juice. You get Fuck. you get some beetle juice. You get right? some vodka, and you have to say "kono." Di- no, you have to say what is the useless in Japanese? Muda. You have to say "muda, muda, muda," and if a wild Dio appears, you stab him in the throat. Sure, but he can't die because he's a vampire. Oh, how ironic! Yeah. You can stab him everywhere, except for the heart. So, Nick, preliminary thoughts on this episode. Oh, I want to know more! D- mm. We got so close to getting the answers I crave, and then, no, no. Although we did get the amazing senator. Yep, uh, the, he's the a... Incredible, incredible he's man. He's the hero we need, but not the one we get. <laughs> Just so ridiculous. No, I think it's um, it's a good setup where they're all like, okay, we've reached Dio, and now we leave. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> The classic Joseph Joestar strategy. Sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so um, I'm fucking hyped for the next episode. Like, so hyped. I'm ready. It, it really kicks off, man, let me tell you. Oh. Uh, before we uh, start recapping this episode, though, mm. uh, loyal fans of the podcast pointed out, um, I'll, I'll pull their names and give them proper credit. Uh, Nick, vamp for a bit. Uh, um... So, hey, guys, did you know that yesterday... Okay, you're doing terribly. I'll I'll take over. Uh. Please, I want to suck your blood. Oh, you mean literal, man? (laughs) Yeah, that was the joke. I mean, I was trying to be Dio. Oh, hey, guys, so did you notice that yesterday I was hanging out with my brother who I hate, Jonathan Joestar, and I swear I'll destroy him and take his fortune (laughs) for my own. Hey, I'm Dio. I'm cool now. Joshua Kevin Perry Mm. and... Septimo. 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 Thank you for keeping me honest. So, post credit scene exists. From last episode. And it's a real shame that we missed it last week, because I think you really would have enjoyed it in its natural habitat. Yes. We see Polareff binding his wounds with curtains that he's scavenged from Dio's walls. Which, he was like, man, these curtains are a really nice material. Yeah. And I immediately went... They're bandages. That's, that's all they are. <laughs> I mean, you know, the difference between a curtain and a bandage once you've torn it off the wall is just a state of mind. That's true. That's true. But I do appreciate how throughout the rest of this, the scene that uh, ensues in this week's episode, he continues defiling the curtains. <laughs> yes, he's, he's bound them and he's like, yes, I can move a bit better now. I can even jump. It's like the entire battle with vanilla ice never happened. <laughs> you know what? These are just really nice curtains. I even tied my toes back on. <laughs> And then we see sort of like a, um, almost a shaky cam, but more steadily than that, like a, the juddering of footsteps, camera angle mm. coming down the stairs. And we hear the sound of footsteps approaching and Polnareff looks up and atop the stairs is Dio <gasps> making the most amazing entrance ever. Where he just stands there in that wonderful pose. Yeah, he's got his hands on his hips, his hips cocked, his feet together, but his knees sort of splayed, uh, <laughs> He's backlit by a lot of lights that we like, have, can only assume aren't actually there. No, because if they were, he'd be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of fog rolling down the stairs. So, you know, you've got a professional lighting rig, you've got a fog machine. It's all, you know, he appreciates the value of a good special effect as Dio. He knows spectacle. Yeah. He's Dio. And he's like, so it's you, Polnareff. It's been a while. <gasps> it has been a while. Long shot of the fog rolling down the stairs and him standing atop them. Cut to this week's episode. So, the first shot we see is that scene. We get sort of a panning shot around Polnareff's face and then up to Dio, which I really liked. You know, establishing the brand. And then we cut to 
a shot that's helpful for what we like to do, which is describe people's outfits in detail mm. as we start panning up from his legs to his head. So he's got sharp shoes. Yep. Like, Spiffing. It's almost like elf shoes, but without bells on the end. Yep, yep. He has uh, quite tight pants. Orange pants. Um, which they're sort of like... Sort of hanging loose around the waist. Yeah, they're like jumpsuit pants, but they're really tight. He's got like a green belt, I think. Yeah, that's not even done up properly. Yeah. Like, it's just there. And this is all above like a sort of black leather bodysuit thing. Like, not even latex, just like rubber. Yeah. You know? And you're looking at it going, man, that is shiny. <laughs> that is really shiny. And then he has, obviously, it bears mentioning that this is probably the first time in this part we've seen that he's not, that he's wearing a shirt. That he's fully clothed. What approximates a shirt, at yeah. least. Like, I was like, oh, he's, he's wearing clothing. Oh, okay. That's a thing. That's unexpected. He didn't just go full nude for maximum power. Okay. It's like, um, you know, when you live alone for a while, you start getting a little lax about things. You might, like, hang out in your pyjamas around the house more than you might otherwise. Is that him? Dio, having spent a hundred years at the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> has really just let his social mores go. And he's like, you know what, I don't need to do up my belt, okay? You can just see this undergarment. God, I put on a shirt, isn't that enough for you, Polar F? <laughs> yeah. So he's also wearing this loose orange jacket. Yeah, which matches his pants. Yep, almost perfectly. Which also has a green thing on it. Yeah, like sort of almost suspender type thingies. Yeah, it's very strange. And then around his um his forehead... He has like a sort of a Sailor Moon type head circlet with, yes. with a green heart in the centre. Mm. He also has a lot of hearts on all of his other. St- so he's wearing a ring with a heart on yeah. it. He's got knee cap protector thingies. In case he falls down while rollerblading. Yeah. That have hearts on them. Mm-hmm. Again, there's that heart motif coming back. Yeah. He's really enjoying hearts lately. Mm. Mm. How intriguing. So intriguing. Why does he enjoy the hearts, I wonder? What if Dio's power is the fuel of hearts? That was almost a sentence. <laughs> My roommate's been watching um, Fate Stay Night recently. Hang on, we've seen ads for that, haven't we? No. No? Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> and um, something that struck me about it when she was getting near the end of Fate Stay Night uh, Unlimited Blade Works recently sure. was that someone gives this, there's this recurring monologue where someone talks about like, oh, my whole life has just been making blades. And it finishes with the phrase... My whole life has been unlimited blade works. And I'm like, that's almost a sentence. <laughs> I mean, it is a sentence. It almost has meaning. That's a sentence, technically speaking. <laughs> just not a very great sentence. No. That's all. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Fate's Day Night. We're here to talk about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. So, we get this shot of Dio. Yeah. And, and we're then like, after <gasps> the shot of Dio, it's sort of reverse shots and we zoom down the stairs up into Polnareff's face. A lot of good camera work happening yeah. in this early episode. It's solid. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, oh, so we finally meet Dio again. And then Dio basically recaps Polnareff's quest for us. He's like, well, 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 it seems that you got revenge. Congratulations, Polnareff, you avenged your... No, that's the villain in voice. Yeah. No. How about how about you do for Dio? What, what Dio voice did I do way back in part one? That's the question. Ooh. Congratulations, Polnareff. You avenged your sister and travelled here from the Far East. Anyway. Can you sound more pompous? Because Dio's quite pompous. I thought I was being quite pompous. I need you to be more pompous. Mm, yes, you've avenged it. That just goes into the villain or ice then. Uh, I suppose yeah. so. How about you just go with Cockney? All right. Congratulations. Bolref, you avenged your sister. What? Uh, yeah, you're from the, from the distant east and it's me. I was Speedwagon all along. <laughs> oh, oh, I've watched you for a long time and I've got this sick new hat. 
Oh, check it out. It's, it looks like a circlet, but much like rival anime character Sailor Moon, I can throw it like a disc. <gasps> it's the ultimate weapon. I don't know why I'm being surprised by that. Anyway. I've gone Australian. <laughs> oh, Polarev says, um... Wow, my notes are just incoherent. Yeah. I was trying to take notes so fast. Polarev says something about how he's going to fight Dio. Yeah. And then he spits blood on the curtain. <laughs> I think he was like, you know what? I'm angry at you now. Yeah. Before I... Is this the bit where he's like, before I gave in to fear... Well, that not... comes up shortly. Okay. Uh, Dio starts monologuing about how um, if you come up here and fight me, you'll die. Do you really want to end your life like that? If you go, if you take two steps down the stairs instead, I'll let you join me. But if you'd rather die, come on up. Polna bitch. <laughs> I tried, I tried, okay. I know, I know I'm supposed to say yes and in an improv environment, <laughs> but you know I've got a problem with portmanteau. Yeah. How about Polna wrecked? All right, I'll got... pay that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Oh dear, when I met you, I succumbed to your spell of dread and evil and I became a loser. And everyone was like, look at that loser, Polarev. He's, he's a loser. He's under Dio's spell of fear and evil. What a loser, man. Jeez, that's scarier than death, living with no desire but to do Dio's bidding. You know what, that would be scarier than death. Yeah, because really, freedom is the thing that makes us human. <laughs> And that's why. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of a lot of monologues in JoJo's about the nature of humanity, and it's like how having resolve and a proud soul is what lets you be better than a mere animal or a, or overcome a harsh monster. Mm. And then your mystical spirit animal comes out and <laughs> beats everyone down. Yeah, and isn't that the real JoJo? All and then Polnareff blows his nose on the curtains. Yeah, and then more blood comes up, and he's like, "Oh, why am I dying?" <laughs> I like this shot because Polnareff starts talking about how he has no fear anymore because he's hardened his resolve through the, his adventures. Mm. And we see it's kind of like back when Perfect Cars put on the ultimate stone mask and uh, his his face exploded into the universe. Do you remember that? Uh, no, okay. I don't. But it's like that where Polnareff's facial features are still silhouetted on the screen, but everything where like his flesh could be is just flashbacks. Ah, uh, yeah, true. We saw like some Wheel of Fortune, yep. probably some Dan of Steel. Yep. Did we see Abdul and Iggy? Probably. Because he was like, yep, Oh, we also got a shot of them died. and their ghosts being like, go get him, Polnareff. You're a good guy. You're not a loser. You got us killed. Well, you're half a loser, but you know, you're not a loser. So it's like, so I'm going to climb up those stairs. Take a step. And he appears behind the first step that he was on. What? Oh, I see you went down the stairs. Well, I'll be glad to have you join me. What were you thinking was going on right now, just out of interest? I, okay, so you know how last time I was like, it has something to do with time. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I just went, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Everything's just gone now, isn't it? All my predictions, wrong. <laughs> fucking down the toilet like a fucking... Polnareff being fucked. Like, it's just gone. It's gone from. That was a very strange simile, Nick. Well, I mean, you know, similes don't have to make sense. Metaphors do. Speaking of strange similes, we'll get to more of those yes. shortly. Yes. I see you took a step down. Are you losing your composure, Polnareff? What? No, I definitely took a step forward. I know you lose your composure when you're afraid. In your heart, you must want to climb up, but your body subconsciously did the opposite. All right, you son of a bitch, I'm going to prove you wrong. So yeah. I, lo I love how terrifying Dio, object of this doom quest, mm. makes his grand appearance and just starts gaslighting Polnareff. He's like, oh, I thought you were stepping forward. That, that really <laughs> harkens back to his first appearance in... The first episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, yeah. where he shows up at Joestar Manor and immediately starts gaslighting Jojo. Oh, Jojo, do you think you're a cool guy? Oh. <laughs> so Polnareff goes, 
Well, fuck you, man. I definitely took a step forward. Here, look. Takes another step forward. Well, then he starts, like, trying to run up the stairs. And we see very clearly he runs up, you know, like, three or four stairs. Mm. And then just back back where he started. Yeah. He's like, what? This doesn't make any sense. And then he's like, I get it. It's the world. And we get a lot of um, close-ups on the enormous tarot card, which is now silhouetted behind Dio atop the stairs. And it has, like, four different symbols in its corners. And and this giant-looking, like, smiling guy on it who's mm. like, I'm the world. Mm, yes. So that brings us to our final edition, at last, of Tarot Time. The end of an era. You guys remember that segment from six months ago? <laughs> so, Liam... What is the world? Well, Nick, the world is a tarot card. It's the 21st tarot card of the major arcana of the tarot. I I remember how to do this segment. Yeah. It signifies uh, integration, accomplishment, involvement, and fulfillment. Integrating, such as experiencing wholeness, bringing parts together, combining, uh, accomplishing, such as realising your goals, prospering, achieving your heart's desires. That's all very Dio sort of stuff, yeah, isn't it? it does. And he, in fact, he gives a big old monologue in a moment about like heart's desires and stuff. Mm, mm. Becoming involved. Never saw Dio as much of a joiner. <laughs> what, as in like going around and meeting people? Contributing, kind of healing, rendering a servant, using a gift or talent. Oh, okay. So not quite, hey guys, let's have a community club. More <laughs> yeah. like a, hey guys. A, a bit of that. Yeah. I'm going to... Hey guys, yeah. let's rap. Did you know that Shakespeare was the original rapper? <laughs> Sits backwards on chair. <laughs> you know what? It's time for some... Fires his space ripper stingy eyes. It's time for some <laughs> slam poetry, fools. <laughs> and being fulfilled. Savouring the present, taking pleasure in life, enjoying peace of mind. Oh. Object of Dio's ensuing monologue. He talks about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's opposed by... Uh, the only card in the... Major arcana it is opposed by is the Hermit, signifying isolation. That's Joseph's. That is Joseph. Ah. It's reinforced by uh, Temperance, signifying integration, synthesis and combination, Mm -hmm. and the Sun, signifying accomplishment and achievements. If only that bozo was here. Now, do you recall that LearnTarot.com provides us with some sometimes a little... Yes. ...eccentric (laughs) descriptions? Here we go. It's Thanksgiving Day. (laughs) Fucking hell, really? Speaking of which, this is our Christmas episode. We are recording this on Christmas Eve and releasing it on Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas, Nick. I got you... The joy of peace of mind. Some deodorant. Oh. This is awkward. The only thing immediately in my reach. I I actually got you some deodorant. (laughs) But I got you the the pores that I make scent with. (laughs) Gift of the Magi. Oh, Jesus. It's Thanksgiving Day. Okay. You've just finished a delicious meal and there's a hot mug of coffee in your hand. I doubt that. Friends and family are arguing about the latest fiasco. The baby's cooing at you from across the table. The baby? And your feet are rubbing the belly of a devoted mutt. Okay. You're happy, fulfilled and truly thankful, parentheses, at least until you have to start the dishes, end parentheses. (laughs) For this moment, the world and everything in it is yours. What? Okay, yep. We all recognise this feeling. It can come at any time or place and is always welcome. We can feel it at home raking the leaves or on the world stage accepting the Nobel Prize. (laughs) It can seem quiet and simple or wild and glorious. What is this feeling and where does it come from? Card 21 can help us find out. Tell me more. A major element of happiness is wholeness. The sense that everything is working together in harmony. Not in a static way, but with dynamic balance. Blah, blah, blah. Hmm. To be happy, you must feel connected, engaged with what is around us. Sense of accomplishment, knowing we have goals and are moving towards them successfully. 
Oh, oh. The world represents these moments and all that goes into them. In readings, it's a very positive sign that you are in a position to realize your heart's desire. What that is for you depends on the situation, but it will always feel great. Huh. Remember though that card 21 is a symbol of active contribution and service. To hold the world in our hands, we must give of ourselves to it. Huh. Huh. So I think there's a lot there that is contradictory for, but other elements that are very in line with Dio. Yes. In terms of, you know, well, obviously he's got that whole heart motif going yeah, on now. he does. <laughs> I'm thinking there's a lot of things that Holding like, the world in your hands, realising your desires. Yeah, exactly, yeah, where it's kind of like, you need to actively do these things you want to do. And he's a very active guy. But it's differ- it differs a bit in the sense of, like, you have to help others and join the community. Yeah, more just the, you know, getting what you want. Yeah, you have to subdue others and have them help, help yes. you form your own community under your iron grip. <laughs> and you will crush anyone who disagrees with you under your jackboot. Yeah, to be fair, he is helping people. It's just he's helping people to help himself. He did give give of himself to Vanilla Ice. That's true. That's true. Oh, he has to give of himself to make others like him. Ah. Yeah. Dio's World. <laughs> Dio's World Part 1. I won't be reading the uh, Jojo Valet note for the world this week because it has power spoilers. Uh. But we'll get to that in due course. Uh. I do, however, have the Jojonium note for Dio. Oh not to be God. confused with Dio Brando. That is enormous. As per usual, these are long. Feel free to interrupt at any point. All right. Dio. <laughs> Sorry, Hank. Can we just hear that again? Dio. Jojo. Dio. The arch nemesis of the Joestar family. When I brought him back from his undersea grave from part one, it all sounds very very strange when you put it mm, like that, doesn't it? Mm. I had to make the readers feel like this evil had grown over the past century. So bizarre. Dio was the perfect last boss, and the readers were really anticipating his appearance. So I put a lot of work not only into his appearance, but his mentality and the way he thought. I tried to think about his relationship to the Joestar family and their destiny more from Dio's perspective. Okay. What sort of destiny does Dio face? It isn't Jotaro who has inherited Jonathan's blood. It's something beneath the blood. Something that gave the Joestars their allies, the power of Ripple and Stans, and even put luck on their side. See, Joseph Joestar saving the world from cars. I thought it was pluck. (laughs) Well, you need both if you want to step to a vampire. That's true. That's the destiny that the Joestar family bears, and which Dio is always trying to crush and surpass. That's why he doesn't consider Jotaro his arch nemesis. Now, it's funny he says that, because in basically a lot of subsequent media, Hmm. they really do put a lot of emphasis on Jotaro as Jonathan's nemesis. Sorry, (laughs) Jotaro as Dio's nemesis. No, we can't take it back now. Yep, Jotaro goes back in time and fights Jonathan and becomes his own great-grandfather. I'm so sorry, grandfather, but... I need to do this. Great, great grandfather. Yeah, great grandfather. Yeah. Um, because in Eyes of Heaven, the um, PS4 fighting game, mm. that culminates with a reenactment of the the battle we're about to see as its tutorial. Right. And then ends with Jotaro fighting Dio again, but it's like a sort of powered up alternate reality Dio. Okay. So it's really sort of pushing them as nemeses for SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That's a bit odd. Hmm. Hmm. Because surely Jonathan is the nemesis of Dio. You would have thought so. so Although Dio, of course, surpassed and overcame him in a a manner of speaking. Sort of, yeah. I mean... Jonathan, in his ultimate compassion, died cradling Dio's head. Mm. Which, I guess, gave the the tricksy Dio the opportunity he needed to... To get away. Cut off his head and install himself in his body. Yeah. Well, the head was already cut off. It'd be good if there was a moment in this where Jonathan's body started proactively resisting Dio. And Dio was like, no... It's the wrong trousers. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's wearing these trousers just so he can be like, you see, these trousers give me power. I was doing Wallace and Gromit. Ah, oh, oh, damn it. When he wakes up 100 years later, he thinks about who has inherited the destiny he wants to conquer. Jodoro and Joseph are merely means to an end. Um, is it a spoiler to tell you Dio doesn't win? I mean, part four probably isn't going to happen if Dio wins, because yeah. Jotaro doesn't have a kid. In the end, Dio failed to conquer his destiny, but what if he had defeated Jotaro? It's fun to think about what ifs. Dio probably believes there is only one top, and all he needs to do is crush everyone else who tries to pass, surpass him. Dio's a bit of a top. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> he knows that even if he defeats Jotaro, someone else will come up to inherit Jotaro's will. That's what the past 100 years have taught him. Mm. I, I do think it's interesting to think of it because obviously as viewers of the manga and the anime we only have two very brief snapshots into that 100 year period yeah which is back then and now and part two in between that's true yeah um so but Dio that whole time is consciously stewing at the bottom of the ocean probably trying to learn to put his head on a body at the same time but he's mm. got a lot of thinking to occupy his mind so it's interesting to think about how his mindset would have changed in that period, mm. just sort of stewing on the fact that once again Jonathan Joestar got the better of him, mm. and that he his even though there's that whole coffin kerfuffle, um, <laughs> he he would know that Arena Pendleton got away, and mm. and I mean he would have to be like, oh, I have to accept Jonathan's body in order with, to live. With his vampire senses, he may have known she was pregnant. Because well, he wanted Jonathan's body, remember? He was like, by overcoming me, Jonathan has proven that he is big and beautiful and I want his bod. I guess. But it's still like, oh, And I you will show the him the respect he deserves, Wang Chung. <laughs> I always just thought, oh, you know what? He kind of had to give him and be like, you know, he was a good guy, but... But I'm better. I needed to be better. But he isn't the kind to go out and attack first. So he will probably have waited for them in Egypt, just like he did in part three. Hmm. He's more of the... Oh, that's talking about a hypothetical... What happened if... If Dio won and a new challenger arose to face him, he would wait for them in Egypt again. Yeah. Because it worked well last time, I guess, from that perspective. <laughs> sure. I've been drawing Dio since part one. So when I was working on part three, I thought a lot about what it would feel like to be a vampire and what I would do if I was in Dio's shoes. Those who wear the stone mask must sacrifice others to go on living. When Dio is chasing Joseph and Kakuin, I drew him marvelling over modern automobiles. Only an immortal vampire could experience changes in technology like that. That's true. Unless you are a 90s kid <laughs> and you saw the rise of smartphones and uh, before the that, internet. Nokias. Yeah. And before that, Blu-ray DVDs and Ooh. HD DVDs and DVDs and VHSs. Cassettes and CDs. Cassingles. Mm. Cassingles. Oh, man. Love a good Cassingle. Ugh. Do you remember when radio was a thing? I remember when radio was a thing. No. <laughs> I wish I could experience from it for myself. All you need to do is sleep for a while and you can wake up to find that kings are no longer kings and your country has become democratic. <laughs> <laughs> How long is he planning to sleep for, right? Like, is he just going to be like, okay, guys, don't disturb me while I hibernate. I'm just going to wait for another king to show up. He would go to bed next to the giant statue of Ozymandias and he would wake up and find ne merely the ruins of a statue and a plaque <laughs> reading, Look upon my works, ye mighty and despair, for I am Ozymandias, king of kings. <laughs> oh, man. And he would find that the empire of Ozymandias has become democratic. <laughs> There's just two people there saying, Do we agree this is fucked? Yeah, we yeah, agree it's pretty it's fucked. fucked. Yeah. Oh, look, a vampire. <laughs> Let's get him. So began Araki's bizarre adventure. There would be a lot of fresh surprises. All a vampire needs to survive is humans to prey on. So I think being a vampire would be fun as long as you could stay healthy. Ah. You wouldn't get sick either, laughs. 
I mean, you could get sick of the people. Ooh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But then what would you eat? Just other people, I guess. Okay. But you'd still be like, oh, I don't want to. Oh, fine. Come here. Another unforgettable memory I have about Dio is how my editor got sick and was hospitalized during Jotaro and Dio's final battle. Oh. We were at the climax and I couldn't stop. So I got a bit worried. My editor would always give me advice such as this stand looks similar to one that has already appeared. So make its silhouette a bit different. Dio's the world. I can't really remember if I got him to check it or not. <laughs> Just like, this guy's in hospital. He's like, I need to edit this. Araki, come closer. <laughs> closer. What? What is it? Closer. What is it? The world looks basically exactly like Star Platinum. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I can't change it now. And now... I, I die. die! Well, I'll just pretend that conversation never happened. Yeah, it's like, did anyone else hear what he said? No way. He said nothing. He was praising the, the design of my latest and greatest stand, the world. Uh, he, he, uh, he said he's pregnant, uh, which and is- And I'm the father. <laughs> it's a terrible shame. Let's go publish some bizarre adventures. Yeah. Why did you make Dio naked after part one? Why did he make him naked after part one? Why, Nick? To increase his mythical quality. Like ancient Greece and Rome. That's also why I often drew the pillar men naked. From part four onwards, when the setting became closer to my own world, I didn't do it as much. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, two things. One, I wanted to make it more mythical. Yeah. So I made him naked. Well, that sort of comes back to the um, sort of ancient Greek statues and stuff that we drew our initial character designs from. I guess. But at the same time, is that a thing? Sure, why not? It just It sort of adds to like, you know, his, his, his eschewing of standard social mores sort of speaks to his departure from humanity. I guess, yeah, but... Walking down the street in a big dumb red cape. Making his way downtown, killing some folk. We'll get to that. We should get to that now because we've barely scratched the surface of oh Dio's God, world and we've been recording God. for a, a fair shake now. <laughs> Polarif is still on the stairs with Dio. Oh my God, we haven't even... Okay, yep, yep. Actually, now the OP happens. Any new observances? I, I can't get over the fact that Joseph only gets one little line in his bit. Oh, when all those, those lines of danger are pointing at yeah. him. And it's like, Jotaro gets so many and Kakuin gets so many. And then Joseph gets one towards his eyes. What does that signify? Not a lot of time on his body clock of life. Tick tock, boy. <laughs> Listen up, Joseph, you're gonna die. How do I know? Well, let's be honest, Dio's gonna fuck a lot of people up. <laughs> Dio gives this long monologue about how humans wish to live to conquer their fears and anxieties and achieve peace of mind. Everything they do, seeking fame, controlling others. He's, you know, basically giving his manifesto. Yeah, he's like, okay, look. Acquiring wealth, marriage and friendship, it's all for peace of mind. Notions of love and justice and things like that, which I don't really... I don't care understand for. because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> so achieving peace of mind is the goal of all mankind. And Polarif, what anxiety could you feel about serving me? Why, if you just shut off your mind and do what I say, you'll have peace of mind. Does challenging me, knowing it'll spell your death, give you anxiety? Here, take two of these and call me in the morning. <laughs> you shit, I don't need your happy pills. <laughs> I had friends. Polarif's like, whoa. This is deep. Am I subconsciously submitting to him? This is nuts. Did you think he was ever going to betray them? No. Okay. I was sort of like, look, his friends died for him. He's had a whole character arc. That would have been super dark if Polnareff overcame Dio's number two man just to become his, his replacement. His number two man, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was kind of like, he could do it, but I don't think he will. No. 
because he's just come, he's come all this way and he's like I'm above you now. Although I did think he also was he's just... he's all amped up on revenge at the moment, and I think it's well established that he has serious issues thinking yes. straight when he's in a revenge situation. I was more thinking he'd just run away, where he's like oh, yeah. I am freaking the fuck out. Well, before he has the um oh yeah, and Dio's all like. Come on, cut ties with them. Serve me for all eternity as my glorious servant. I'll call you... Polar... Ice (laughs) tea. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a good name. How about Little Bitch Face? How about Eminem? (laughs) How about Chill Q? I mean, that's close to Ice tea, but it's a little bit more shit. Isn't that right, Polnareff, my new number two? Just pats his head. Oh, and also his dog is a body's dog. A dog's body now. (laughs) Oh, man. Look at this. Anyway, he's all like, Avdolanigi, help, give me courage, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he says, you talk too much, Dio. I already died once and I won't die again until I figure out the secret of your stand. And then Dio's like, well, time to die, Polareff. You fucker. Chariot flies up the stair at Dio and we get our first glimpse at... The world. Whoa. He's a big yellow guy. Okay, so he has a giant metal plate on his head. It wasn't so evident in this episode, but in future, certainly future designs of him, he mm. is basically entirely composed of hearts. Oh, oh, okay. Because I just thought he had like a big metal. Yeah, he's plate got like a big face. face plate thing. Yeah, that um, like covers his face. He's got uh, air tanks on his back. Yes, which is quite interesting. I suppose yes. that's that's uh, a lot of people will tell you that's a reverence to the Dio song "Holy Diver." But, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but uh, I suppose it's 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 symbolic of uh, Dio's Dio's wretched time at the bottom of the ocean yes uh i think holy diver is a funny reference if it's just like yeah because he's a diver when holy diver was not a diver he was like medieval holy diver man i don't know i don't know anyway man dio what a great what a great guy god the world is there um and dio starts talking about how it's useless it's useless it's useless useless. yeah except we had you know he he does that a fair bit you'll get used to it oh shit it's like we come to episode, what, two of this beautiful trilogy that we we'll probably have. just like, Jojo, Dio, Muda. Muda, 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 Muda. Ora, 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 Muda, Muda. Anyway. Uh, oh, shit. We're going to have just like <laughs> the entire like second half of part three will just be, be... People yelling two-syllable phrases at each other. <laughs> yeah. Just Muda and Aura going at each other. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Oh, no. Anyway, then Jotaro, Kakuin, and Joseph bust through the wall. So, I don't know how you... How they do it so well. Uh, well, Jotaro has a stand that's really good at breaking things. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. And uh, they just, like... They're all in poses. They aren't even looking. And then they just look up and go, Polnareff. Polnareff. We're we, here. We have to help you, buddy. Yeah. Don't worry, Polnareff. We're here now. And the sunlight streams in behind them and Dio retreats. Can we... Okay. Dio retreats in the best possible way. So he's doing his pose and then he says nothing... And just... He sort of slinks away. Flies away. Yeah. Like, he goes full horizontal and whoop, and he's gone. Bye. It's like horizontal jet engine. It's amazing. Or like one of those um, hooks. Oh, a, um, a shepherd's crook. That yeah. Someone performing a bad um, vaudeville act would get pulled off yeah. stage by. It's like a really invisible Ooh, one of those. Exit stage left. <laughs> whoop. Yeah. It's great. So he just flies away. Yep. And they're all like, hey, was that Dio? And Ponoriff's like, that was Dio. He's pretty intense, guys. Um, yeah, I felt a lot of fear. Yeah. I experienced his stand for but a moment, but it was cl- completely beyond my understanding. That sounds shit, Ponoriff. I was climbing the stairs towards him, but I was going down the stairs. 
You guys don't get it, do you? I'm not sure I get it. It was pretty nuts, though. Mm. It wasn't hypnosis, it wasn't super speed, but it was terrifying. How interesting. And all of my theories have gone out the window. And everyone's just staring at him and they're like, Hey, Thonarif, where's Abdul and Iggy? They were the best of friends. They were the... Best of times. <laughs> they were the blurst of times. Polnareff. Polnareff. You old joker. You old illiterate fool. <laughs> Could he even read? Yeah. Okay, all right, never mind. They didn't make it. They died saving me. <sighs> well, Everyone's like, I see. We're sad. Well, time to move on. Yep. Kaki wins all. Hey, guys, the sun's going down. We need to go and beat up a vampire. We're fucked if we don't. You're right. Kakyoin throws the sack he's been carrying on the ground and says, Hey, Nukasaku, what, what's, about, what's up those stairs? I guess they put him in the sack because they were going outside. Yeah, they'd have to, otherwise he'd burn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just thought they were like, uh, Good, we have a hostage. Get in the sack, in Nukasaku. The sack. <laughs> and then he's there like, I don't want to get in the sack. I said, get in the sack or I'll hermit Whop. you. <laughs> don't make me aura aura you again. Anything but the aura aura thing, me lord. Oh, no. Uh, well, up that up those stairs is a tower with a single room at the top. Can you do it in the? Oh no, me lord! Oh no, me lord! Oh, up that up those stairs is a tower. In that tower is a single room with it's Dio's room. And those stairs are the only way in and out of there. And uh, oh, I don't know. Can I just not be here anymore? Yare, yare. <laughs> Lead the way, Nukasaku. Oh, oh jeez. <laughs> I want to get out of here. This is the worst hiking trip I ever went on. We get computer animated. Not the best, but not the worst. It was, you know, it was noticeably not hand, well, <laughs> traditional animation. Whatever, that's probably still done with computers these days. But, yeah. you know, the type you think of as traditional animation. I thought the mist was hand drawn. I don't know. I don't um, know. As our camera zooms. Sure. Up, up, walks. Up the stairs. It sexily walks up the stairs. Sultrally turns Takes to the right. right keeps going then... up the stairs and there's a coffin on a plinth. With some candles around it, and we circle that a little bit. And it erotically centres on... And, yeah, I think that's weird. <laughs> and then, then the guys are also up there. So sensual. Star Platinum immediately punches out a window. Got his priorities straight. Yep. No fooling around here. Joseph is all. That's him. The man we're about to face. I've never met him, but I've known him so long. I've always known him. Since the day I was born. And so is Jotaro. They're not fond memories. But our Joe Star Plot knew we would encounter him, and we must defeat him. Cue heroic music. Yeah. And Polner, uh, Kaki wins all like, I don't have any regrets. <laughs> My character's been the most fleshed out. I mean, I'm a smart guy, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And then Polner F starts giving some interesting metaphors. <laughs> the side I'm on is white. Dio's black. The others are white too. Despite my injuries, I know that the white side is the side of righteousness. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is some Japanese visual metaphor language. I think he means that, light. Yeah, and then it's like and darkness. darkness but, but I think I think they might. They kind of subtitle. I've done a wrong. little bit of reading about this a long time ago, and mm. I, I think that might be a like a Japanese visual metaphor thing that as that maybe should have been changing changing translation. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, I mean. You can just imagine any racist just being like, see, see, see? Polnareff's a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And he's French, which means that he's a cultured man. Yeah. Therefore, I'm a cultured man. That's what happened. See, see. White is the power of right, the power of righteousness. <laughs> you said it. Shit. Hey, guys, make a, I was about to say gif out of this. Make a gif out of Nick saying that. Hey, guys, make a gif out of this. White is the power of righteousness. Dot JPEG. 
Anyway. So Polnareff does that weird shit. Yep. Then they make Nukasaku open the lid. Nick, tell me about this. Oh, he says like, oh, I promise I didn't betray you. I just believe in your power, Lord Dio, and I know you'll kill them. I'm as certain of it as, as when you piss in a strong wind, you'll get piss on your pants. Guys, make a gif out of this. <laughs> as you piss in a strong wind, you'll get piss on your pants. Dot gif v. So, Nick, what happens? Just this, okay, so the polymer bit, I was like, ooh, what? I don't know what's going on. This bit, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? So, Nukasaku opens up the coffin. Slowly. Slowly. So much sure. tension. And then we see a shadowy figure sitting inside of it. Not not in the least shadowy because of the, the gore censorship as Nukasaku, who is now in the coffin and not opening the coffin, has had his jaw torn open. And he's like... Wait, it was me that was opening the coffin? No, he said, it was me that was in the coffin, but I was opening it. But, but, but how? And everyone's like, what, what the actual shit just happened? We were all watching it the whole time. Star Platinum's got his special eyes. He didn't see anything. This is, this is weird, guys. This is really he weird. He was opening the coffin until the instant he wasn't opening the coffin and was in the coffin the whole time. So... That's fucked up. Yep. Where the fuck is Dio then? It's not a trick or super speed. It's not hypnosis. It's not super speed. It's danger. I sense something dangerous in here. Let's all run. And they all jump out the window. Polnareff is just standing there like, what? Polnareff no. is like, no, I'm Polnareff. I never run. So Joseph puts thorny vines around his neck and pulls him out the window. Hermit purple. Thereby him. killing him. <laughs> <laughs> he chops off his head. Oh, he in hangs him. Years. Oh, okay. Oh, man. So they all leap out the window. And they all monologue as they're falling through the sky. Kakuin is all, what in the world? Stares at camera, was that? <laughs> I didn't see it, but it felt so powerful. It's like knowing a bulldozer was present just from the sound. Mon good metaphor. Good That's metaphor. a good metaphor. Joseph says, such intense murderous intent. It was like when someone shoves an icicle up your ass. I mean, still a solid metaphor. Not a good metaphor. Not an obvious one. No, not one that I would write myself. Not the most relatable one. No. Oh, you know how, you know how that man died in that locked room. What? Someone stabbed him up the arse with an icicle, and then it melted. <laughs> and that's why there was a puddle of water on his pants. Oh, Jesus Christ! That's if we had stayed in that room, we all would have died one by one. And they grab onto handholds, and they're all like. Shit. Shit. Now we're on the roof and the sun's going down. Oh. It's vampire time now. This is a bad plan. We're about to enter a serious monster mash. <laughs> oh no. How is this going to work now? Because I... Ooh. Ooh. I can't fight a vampire at night because vampires yeah, are vampires. Yeah, soccer practice. <laughs> like, you know how they can fly? Vampires can fly, man. Especially... No, vampires can do a lot of things. They can, like... Vamp if, if part one has taught us anything... And I guess part two to, to a lesser extent. Yeah. If vampires, if we know anything about vampires, is they can do basically anything they want. They can be gods. That's what they can do. So they all argue about what they should do for a bit. Polareff is fueled by revenge, much like when he encountered the hanged man and refuses to run away. That's what got him into trouble and got Avdol killed, if you recall. Mm hmm But he's doubling down on that again. It's a problem. <laughs> yep. He's very much undone all of his character development over the course of fighting Vanilla Ice. <laughs> No, he's brash and hot-headed, and that makes sense for him. Yeah. No, I think he would... Well, he was also literally dragged out, so... True, yes. Yeah. And uh, Paul Joseph is like, he'll come for us in the night, and we can run away from him and lure him into situations where he'll have to reveal information about his stand, and then we can use that to destroy him. See? Logic. But Polnareff doesn't want to do that. Polnareff's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to make my own bizarre yeah, adventure. Yeah, I'm Polnareff. 
I'm the real protagonist of part three. Look how many enemy stands I defeated. <laughs> and so he runs off. And they all run off. And they're like, Polnareff! And then I think Kakuin is um, like... Um, Joseph gives us a bit of a monologue, a bit of a simile about how it's like climbing a mountain and... And uh, if you don't know where, if you don't know the route or where the summit is, you'll get lost. That's just fact. I mean, that's just fact, Polnareff. I mean, at that point, you're probably already lost. But you know, if you what? don't know where the summit is or the route, fifty-fifty shot, you know where the mountain is. I think. <laughs> yes, but that's kind of like saying if you're in a tunnel and you don't know where the train is, you know you're in a tunnel. GG. It's inevitable as belching after you drink cola. Mm, yep. I mean, it's a relatable one. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unless you don't. Yeah, unless that's just another thing you do. <laughs> They die for me. I'll do underhanded things. I'll even go to hell, but I'll never run. Not me. Not Jean-Pierre Ponreff. So he runs off. Yep. Um, <laughs> and he's... And they're all like, Jotaro, what should we do? And Jotaro gives like the calmest he's possible like, mm, monologue. I've been analysing it with my computer-like brain while you guys have been talking. <laughs> guys, you... Polnareff hey. will attack while he chases Dio, and will attack Dio as he chases us, and will form a sort of perfect pincer manoeuvre. I don't know how that works, but sure. That's hard to fight on two fronts, I guess. Yeah. But I was just thinking, it's like, you, Polnareff, I'm going to go fight him. Me, an intellectual. We're going to pincer attack him. <laughs> but it's like, how are they going to make the pincer attack if they can't control Polnareff? Well, they, they know he'll be attacking relentlessly. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Spoiler alert. No, I'm not going to give you a spoiler alert. Whoa. Hello. Does he not attack relentlessly? Don't be silly, Nick. <laughs> He's Polnareff. That is true. He is very much Polnareff. Cut to the street and they're like, Joseph's all, hey, I want to buy that truck. And this guy's like, what? This truck isn't for sale. I need this truck to do my job. And Joseph basically just slaps him with a wad of money. He goes, uh, oh, big wad. And we get a shot of the truck driving away. <laughs> Florid. Meanwhile, Dio is on the rooftop watching. He sees them get into the truck. And he's like, well, hmm. well, well. Oh, he's wearing a big red cape now on top of his previous ensemble. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. <laughs> so he's... He's got four what do you think M- the order of operations was here? Did he run away from them and be like, oh, I need to go put on my cape. This is going to be awesome. And then they jumped out of um, the roof ruining his surprise. Mm. Or do you think knowing he was going to be going outside after they escaped, he put on the cape? Hmm. I fully suspect he went, okay, I know I'm going to go outside, but I need to look the part. Mm. So knowing he had to go outside probably factored in more than anything else. Right. Where he's like, you have to keep up appearance. This is his outdoor cape. Exactly. It's on the hat rack by the door. He needs to establish that he is a wealthy man in life experience, of course, not monetary. So he jumps off the roof and Polnareff sees him doing that and is like, there you are, Dio. I'll finish you myself. You're a vampire, but I'll assassinate you. Then Jodoro rocks up and is like, hey, don't be an idiot. And Polnareff's like, Jodoro, you came to fight him with me. Yeah, they made me. Oh, good grief. So, Dio's strutting down the street. He's full-on Spider-Man 3-ing it. <laughs> he really is. He's like, hmm, mm. this is a cool place. Ah, yes, the automobile. It's got impressive speed and power. Back in my day, we only had horse-drawn carriages. Hey, punk, what do you think As you're doing touching the car? This secret service guy comes yeah. over to him and is like, this is Senator Wilson Phillips' car. What the hell are you doing touching it? You can't be touching this car. Dio breaks his arm... To the extent I think he might almost break it off. So he twists it and then it basically becomes jelly and does a And full... then the whole screen is coated in black because there's a lot of blood and bone yeah. happening there. And he's like, oh my god, what the fuck? And he just gets on into the car. And then 
In the cart, there's a sort of large-framed older man in there with like a little moustache and a big hat. He's a happy gentleman. Oh, oh, young people are so hot-headed these days. Did you see how you just ruined the life of my Secret Service operatives? So Dio immediately, without saying a damn word, grabs his teeth and just yanks them out. So his two front teeth, gone. And from this point on, the man we come to know as Senator Wilson Phillips starts to get smaller and more comical looking and... Is But he, first of all, we get to know who he is. Oh yes, well, he gives this intense inner monologue about like, he just pulled my teeth out, he won't get away with this. I graduated high school and college at the top of my class. High school and college? (laughs) I was on the wrestling team and really good at wrestling. Just smash my chair. I became a revered politician. I've got a big mansion in Hawaii with a 50-acre property, a supermodel wife. Who's 25 years I've defeated him. every foe I've ever faced. I pay 50 times more tax than anyone else. No, 50 times more tax than people make in a year. Oh, I'm Senator Wilson Phillips, damn it. He won't he's, get away with this. And he's like, listen, I'll get you for this. And Dio just says, shut up and drive. You're driving the car now. Yeah. He goes, what? How dare you? So he tries to jump out the car. And then he just ends up in the car. Yeah, back on the car seat. So it's literally like we see him in like a constant position, Mm -hmm. jumps out the car, he stays still, and then the frame around him just blinks from one frame to another back into the car. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell just happened? I opened the door and went out of the car. Why am I still inside the car? Deer's like, why am I still inside the car? Come on. Boy, drive, boy. Come on, hurry, hurry up, time is money. It's because I'm a senator. There's nothing a senator can't do. His mind just kind of breaks there. And so he tries to get out of the car again. No, now he just starts driving. Oh, I thought he got flung into the front. Oh, that had already happened. He, oh. he, he was being put back in the front. I see, I see. Which, del- which eliminated another one of my theories, by the way. Mm-hmm. What was that theory? So I was thinking, maybe he controls where they are in like a past state or something. Right, he can like, rewind them or something. Exactly. And then I was like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense because he ended up in the coffin and now he's ended up in the front seat. Oh, no. What you don't know is that Nukasaku frequently would sneak into Dio's coffin to sleep there and pretend he was him. And then get his jaw broken. Yeah. <laughs> so they never killed Nukasaku. I think Dio did. Because he's a vampire. So he'll regenerate eventually. He shows up in part four. They're like, who are you? My name's Nukasaku. I'm really, oh, really powerful. No, stand. Yeah. Um, they're driving. Yep. Kakuin and Joseph. And they're like, I can sense that black atmosphere coming from him. He's still after us. Can all of the Joe stars sense this black atmosphere? Kind of. <laughs> it's like a weird wavelength. Like we couldn't figure out where he was when we were looking for him, but we can tell he's nearby. Mm. And he probably can't even tell we've split up. He probably doesn't even know the difference between me and Jotaro. Yeah, what a nerd. God. I'm the older one, clearly. He's the funny one. Meanwhile, Polaref is trying to hotwire a, bu- a motorbike. He's like, this always works in the movies and just like tries zik, to spark zik. some wires. Meanwhile, with Dio, they're stuck in traffic. It's rush hour traffic. It's bumper to bumper. And he's like, go. And the senator's like, what? what? What do you mean? We can't go. We're bumper to bumper. The sidewalk is wide enough. Go. Oh my God. Okay, alright. Sort of eases onto the sidewalk. And then uh, we cut away before well, anything First really he happens. tells... Oh. oh yeah, that's right. He says, floor it. And the senator's like... Be, this is gonna be great. And the Did you mention like, the sidewalk is full of people? Yes. Okay. Yes. So many people. Well, no, but we... Yeah, there's so many people there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the senator just laughs maniacally. <laughs> yeah. He's like, alright, I guess we're doing this. Here we go, buddy. Jotaro kicks the motorcycle engine and it starts... Star Platinum crushes the chain, chaining the motorcycle to the 
post. They get on the motorcycle. Get on. It's Wilson Phillips out. is driving a car covered in blood and laughing maniacally. Now, there was a cut scene here from the manga yeah. where it shows the ma- the ensuing massacre in greater detail. Right. I was wondering why it just cut away. Here's a shot of Wilson Phillips running down Buco <laughs> pedestrians. Jesus Christ. Now, you'll notice most of these gentlemen look roughly similar in size and frame and colour scheme because it's the colourised manga panel. Mm. But if I'm just going to zoom out and pan up slightly, you might notice an interesting figure who, who has been drawn into this frame. Huh? What the? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, Wally is here for some reason. <laughs> or Waldo, as our American listeners might know. Yes. So, Wally slash Waldo it's reading a book. I think it would be less obvious in a non-colorized frame, but that certainly with the color. And the it is beanie. undeniably Waldo. <laughs> Have there been other Waldos that we just haven't seen? No, I don't think so. In like previous parts, where it's like in a horde of zombies or something, or vampires rather, and there's one of them that is... Yeah, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is the biggest Where's Wally ARG they've ever created. Oh, man. What? Yeah, that, that's weird, isn't it? Just, why? <laughs> I just want to know why. Like, at what point do you go, you know what, this guy needs a checkered shirt, needs to look just like Wally. Wow. Rest in peace. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh and it goes without saying that Wilson Phillips is um, named after the American vocal group Wilson Phillips, consisting of Connie Wilson, Wendy Wilson, and, I don't know how to pronounce this, China? Uh, China? China. China Phillips. The daughters, respectively, of other people. The Wilson sisters are, of course, the uh, children of Brian Wilson. Oh, nice. Of the Beach Boys. Yes. And of John and Michelle Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, the Mamas and the Papas. That American rock folk rock vocal group that was active from 1965 to 1968 and were a defining force in the music scene and the counterculture of the 1960s. Nice. Now we know. What have Wilson Phillips done? Hold on? Was that the one that was like, you gotta keep me holding on and it's like super chill? I don't know. Hmm. Go your own way. Nice. Nice cover. Yep. A uh, cover of a Fleetwood Mac song. Hmm. Cool. Wilson Phillips. They're a thing. Oh my God. Look at his face. Anywho. So... He has, he's now driving with a blood splattered car. Laughing maniacally. This is a dream. Oh yeah, he, he says, I've done so much for you now. You'll definitely spare me. He's basically become Gollum at this point. Yeah, he's like, that's it. This is all a dream. I said it could never oh, die. Because he asks Dio if he'll spare him after all he's done for him. And Dio just says, no. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Buddy. And then he cracks and he's like, this is a dream. A senator like me could never die. So this must be a dream. <sighs> Get closer to them. Closer. If I'm not close enough, I can't use the world. <gasps> That's his stand. What? The familiar amazing strains of virtuous Pope bleed through our ears. That's Lord of the Rings. As Kakyoin sends out Hierophant Green to attack Dio, he sort of snakes along the um snakes out of the car, along the road, pulls up alongside Wilson Phillips' car. And Dio's like, hmm. hmm Hierophant the, Green. The bastard actually did it. <laughs> Shoots out an emerald splash in super slow-mo with lots of colour pulsing. And then we see Dio on like the side, just kind just of smiling. Casually like... sitting there in his chair. And he lifts up his hand. He's not wearing a seatbelt. Whoa. He is gonna die. Lazily flicks Flick. one of those chaos emeralds. And uh, they just go everywhere. Well, he flicks one, which impacts off all of the others. In perfect precision. And leaves him entirely unharmed. And he's like, what? What is he? He didn't even move. One finger. Well, let's try it again. So he tries doing a bit of a bigger emerald splash. Yeah, he says it's a concentrated one, mm. where all the diamonds are closer to each other, I guess. Yep. 
emerald. So this time... Like clearly emeralds. It's called emerald splash. Why do I keep saying diamonds? <laughs> emerald diamond. There you go. So this time he does a more concentrated splash mm-hmm. and Dio flicks with four fingers oh, up. I thought he sort of punched it. Oh, well, he sort of punches it up. And the roof explodes. As all of the shards just go up. Yep. Then suddenly the world is there right next to Hierophant Green and Kakuin's like, what? When did he call out his stand? I didn't see that. It wasn't even like summoned. It was just there. Yeah. It just, one second it was not there and the next it was. Oh my. And it punches Kakuin. Punches Hierophant Green. And he flies backwards through several stop signs. And uh, yeah, Dio goes, hmm, well, he's out of range now. He was a bit too far away. Otherwise, I would have fucked him up. I would have legitimately killed him. I would have torn his eyes out and made delicious Christmassy eggnog with them. Mm, sweet Kakuin egg eye. Kakuin, did you lay this egg? I told you about that, right? <laughs> what? That's, um, you know the group Clamp? The manga group Clamp? They did, like, Cardcaptor Sakura and... Oh, yeah? The, I'm sure we've talked about this on the show before, where they created a, um, I think it's pronounced Dujin. A like fan comic. Sure. I think they're often pornographic in nature, though I don't think this one is. Yep. Um, in which Kakuin and Jotaro in a relationship. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they wake up one day and Kakuin's laid an egg, <laughs> which hatches into a stand slash their yep. son. Yeah, I remember this. It was super fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have talked about it before. I can't remember what it was about. Because you went into quite a lot of detail last time. It was weird. Yep. That must have been before I blotted it out of my memory. <laughs> Anyway, so back in back in the Joseph's car, they're all like, Kakuin, you got too close. That was dangerous. And he's he's bleeding and breathing heavily. Mm. He's his not sunglasses have been knocked askew. He's bleeding from his hands and bleeding from his eye? Well, he's bleeding from his hands because that's where he blocked the punch as best as he could. Uh, and I guess he's probably also bleeding from the back of his head because he, he hit a lot of signs. That's true. He's like, oh, fuck, this guy. He Last time I saw him, he told me there was no need to make myself vomit from fright. But uh, but I'm super scared. But I'll never be scared again. I'll never lose. I'm Kakuin. And Joseph's like, did you see the world? And uh, Kakuin's like, I did. I have surmised. Kakuin's like, I can show you the world. <laughs> and Don't you dare close your eyes. Joseph's like, okay, won't close my eyes. Um, I am driving. <laughs> You know, I am responsible, Kakuin. I may give off the air of aloof, but uh, I'm actually a very responsible man. I own a real estate agency. Yeah, I do. I pay 50 times as many taxes <laughs> as most people earn in a year. You know, I earn 51 times as many taxes. I'm thinking of making a run for state office. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So um, Kakuin's like, I can surmise two things mm. about this stand. One, it's very short range. It's about 10 meters. Otherwise, he wouldn't, you know. Otherwise, he would have killed me. Yeah. Two... He can't go very far with it because it has very short range. Well, no, that's not quite what he was saying. Because you looked at me and said, he just said the same thing twice. He did. He did say what the same thing twice. What he means is, first of all, he can't summon the stand so far away from him. Yep. And also, it doesn't have ranged attacks. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. He didn't say the same thing twice. Gah. But it was like, so similar. Mitchison's, Mitchison's Red, for example. You have to summon it next to you, but yep. it has ranged attacks. That's true. But like, in Duel, oh, sorry, Geb. It wasn't summoned far away, but it had an amazing range. So no, that of... was summoned far away. Was it, though? Because it summoned right next to him, and then he just swam oh, I mean, it, it could go. The world can't go. Yeah, I get... yeah, that's true. So he has to stay near him. Yeah. yeah. About 10 metres. Mm. So as long as they stay 10 metres away, they're fine. Am I misremembering? Or wasn't Jotaro, like, a couple of metres? What do you mean? Oh, his stand. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. It's certainly close. Mm. But is it as close as the world? Strange. His car has stopped. Kakuin looks out the, the, the rear window and is like, something's flying at us. Uh, so it's, Something. 
That something- Or someone. That something slash someone is the greatest senator known to man. Well, let's not go nuts. He's not that guy from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. That's true. He can't rip off his shirt. What's that guy's name? Armstrong? I think so, yeah. yeah. Because he's American. Yeah. Well, so was Wilson Phillips. Yeah, but did he play gridiron like the American Armstrong? He did wrestling. Oh, that's true. He did do wrestling. But he's not pumped full of nano machines, as far as we know. Ooh. So this guy, flying through the air, smashes through the window. Rest in peace. Rip in peace, buddy. The car veers out of control and crashes and explodes. They're fine. (laughs) Well... Yeah. The car immediately explodes and they're fine. Yeah, it's almost as though fire just doesn't have the same effect as yeah. like... And then once again we see another cool shot of Dio walking towards their wrecked car. And he's there. Strutting. Going. Yeah, he rips off the door and goes, mm, mm, they're gone. Looks up, we see just the last skerricks of of, jo- of Joseph and Kakuin spider-manning their way across the Egypt skyline. And they're like... Fuck, that was pretty fucking that close. Was, that was pretty fucking intense. Why didn't we bring either of the good close combat combatants with us on our team? Well, they can only do stuff within a few metres. And they can do things from ten metres. That'd be a poor choice. <laughs> but you see what they've done, though. They've, they've split up the two ranged attackers and the two... That's true. Hmm. Well, poor well, strategy, guys. Yeah. And we don't have the dream team of Joseph and Jotaro. No, like yeah, that would, that would have been dope. Oh, that would have been amazing. They could just be like, so, my grandson. I gotta show you some of, I can probably show you some more of these now. Some of the team attacks that people can do in um, Eyes of Heaven. Mm. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what um, Joseph and Jotaro's is, but it involves like Jotaro getting very embarrassed by his grandfather's behavior. <laughs> if it's just like, come on, Jotaro, let's take him down. Oh, no. Or does he just walk out and the embarrassment is just him going, yeah. I mean, yes, it is that. (laughs) (laughs) And then Kakuin's up on the roof being like, I figured it out. I know how to figure out what his stand is. Takes off sunglasses. To be continued. But how is he going to figure it out? I want to know. Good app. Good app. Nick, highlights and lowlights for this episode. Everything. Just everything. Um, Lowlight is probably going to be when we have the first bit of just kind of waiting around being like, after, hey, Polnareff, you're going to give in. And then they show up and it's like, okay, now we're just going to wait for a bit before we actually get things started. Right, right. Yeah, because that bit's only like two minutes long. But you're like, okay, yep. Dio was right there, though. <laughs> like, he was right You could have just chased him up the stairs. Come on, guys. We can get sentimental a bit later. So that'd be the low light for me. Even though it's emotionally resonant, mm. whatever. Yeah, I think this is one of those episodes where we really have to struggle to pick one. Yeah. Because it's all good. But what was the least good? Touching the automobile. Oh, great speed and That was great. Actually, to be fair, the, the bit in between jumping out the window. Oh, just sort of gathering, regathering themselves on the yeah, rooftop. Yeah. Yeah. What's your low light, Liam? Good question, Nick. Mm. It's hard to say. Um, Pick that one, because I already picked one. <laughs> I I mean, I really liked it, but I think my low light might have been Senator Wilson Phillips. I understand that, yeah. It's sort of like, and he's gone. Yeah. Although he did have the amazing monologue. He did tell us his whole life story in an instant to amp himself up. That's it. I'm motherfucking Senator fucking Wilson. I went to high school and college. I was the best. I am the best. Oh, he's the best. But he's not the best because he's dead. Now, the more difficult question, highlights. Highlights. There are so many. There are so many. I think the first time I see Dio's costume, I'm like, that's it. He's a Super Saiyan. Yep. Because normally he had the like long flowing hair. Oh yeah, that's that that 1880s mullet. Yeah, that beautiful mane. And now it's just sort of like, well, it's up. So he's a super saiyan. Well, he's um he's got it up because he's got to he's got to show off that cool circlet. It's true. It's true. 
He has a cape now, mm-hmm. which is glorious. Love that cape. God, just everything about Dio this episode made me so happy. Because <laughs> he's just walking around so calm, being like, well, I'm going to win. Yeah. Like, no like, offense. Why but... should I try? Yeah. So it's just... Oh, I liked that bit where Senator Wilson Phillips was like, can you tell me what's going on? And Dio's like, would that benefit me in any way? Yeah. He's like, I can't see anything. And the roof exploded. It's like, well, that's a shame for you. I'm Dio. Uh, well, you had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. I have yeah, just fucking Dio is my highlight. Yeah, I'll pay that. I'll pick that too. Fucking Dio, <laughs> solid. Oh, so good. So Nick, what this comes to the interesting portion of our show? Is it that interesting? I like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to ask you. Okay. Nick Ballantyne. Yep. What do you think is going to happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Three: Stardust Crusaders Season Two: Battle in Egypt in Dio's World Part Two? I'll set the scene for you. Okay. Our heroes are split up. Mm-hmm. Dio is closing in on Joseph and Kakuin. Mm-hmm. Kakuin has revealed a cunning plan to reveal the secret of Dio's stand, which we do not yet know. Mm. What will happen? Okay. Polnareff and Jotaro are going to meet back up with them. Uh, Without doing anything of consequence. Exactly. They're going to be like, there they are. Oh, and we caught up with them surprisingly easily. Yes. Uh, and the pincer attack will not work at all. Um... God, I'm thinking Kakuin's plan is going to go very poorly. <laughs> I'm thinking it'll be like, I know a way to figure On it out. On a scale of one to ten, how poorly? Like a two. Right. I think... So does that mean he won't figure it out? I think he's going to figure out a little bit of it, but not enough that he knows exactly what to do to win. Right. So he'll be like, okay, I know that it does this, and I know that it does it through this, but I don't know why it does it through this or how it's doing And that what the bit. fuck do I do with that? Yeah, exactly. So he'll be like, okay, apparently he just teleports around and shit. Any idea what the plan is before we get too far ahead? Maybe he's going to use, like, Joseph as bait. Oh, yeah. So he'll be like, Joseph, this is going to sound crazy, but you need to hermit purple over there, and then when he tries to suck your blood, just drag yourself back. And that's the bad part of the plan. Right. Where he'll be like, so now drag yourself back. You idiot, he's unconscious. I'm a fucking vampire. And what will happen to Joseph then? Ooh. See, I don't know if Joseph is going to die yet. Because he has to die. There's no way he's not going to die. It's just not a thing that'll happen. So, I mean, maybe he's just going to, like, drag him into the street and be like, you idiots, I'm just going to suck his blood and that's it. call out Jotaro or something? Yeah, as soon as Jotaro arrives, it'll be like, Jotaro, come out and play! Yeah, something like that. Where he's like, hey Jotaro, guess what? I'm sucking your grandfather's blood. Like, waggling his ribs. (laughs) Something like that, where... Or maybe it's like a countdown of, you know, I can suck people's blood in a matter of like 30 seconds, right? Uh, so it'll be like 30, 29, and then they just try to attack him. He's like, whoops, nothing's working. Oh, it's a shame. Look, you're all teleporting around. And so it'll be like a countdown thing where it'll finally end up with like... And it's like, going to be like, Namek's going to explode in five minutes. Exactly. So it'll be like super slow-mo time. Yeah. A mere 15 seconds remain. Fight, 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 fight. Ha! Jotaro, I'll have suckled all his blood in 13 seconds. I reckon it's going to be so insultingly like, you know, I could do it in five, but I'm going to give you 30 seconds because I'm Dio and I want you to suffer. Then I'm going to fill him full of vampire essence. You remember vampire essence? I don't think he's going to do that. I reckon he's just going to go, you know what? Do you reckon he's going to pull out any of his vampire powers? Mm, I mean, it's probably going to be supplemented by his stand, right? Where he uses his stand to then do the vampiring. Right. So, like, he'll teleport behind someone to suck their blood. Or he'll make someone appear closer to just fuck them up with super strength. Sure. Um, Cool, okay. Do you have any further guesses about the nature of his power? Oh my god, Liam, I don't fucking know. Um, New points of data in this episode. 
Okay, so Move Polar F down the stairs. It moved him down the stairs. So that was where I Did thought... Did that thing with Wilson Phillips. Okay, so let me take you through my thought process at each point of these, right? Yeah. Polar F down the stairs. I thought, oh, maybe it like reverses some point in time. So like, because I'm still yeah, on yeah, the time you, you bed, mentioned right? that earlier. So I thought, oh, okay. So maybe it reverses him back down the stairs because that's where he came from. Mm-hmm. Oh, so maybe it's like he has to get them to do the thing that he wants them to do to then make it so that they do the thing. So then- Nick, like, I didn't find that at all, but keep going. Okay, anyway. So then I was like, oh, okay. So it doesn't just affect him. It affects other people. Good. That's a thing I know. Then uh, we get to- Wilson Phillips? Wilson, no, Nakasaku. Oh, oh yeah, Nakasaku, of course. Nakasaku, who I thought, okay, Nakasaku, what's in the coffin? It's him. Well, every theory I just had <laughs> is blown away. So obviously he can manipulate- his like his vision of what he wants it to be to be real it's like wish powers yeah so it's sort of like he wants it to be that way therefore that person will be there realizing your goals yeah that's the thing that got me tarot yeah that's what got me was realizing the goals but i was like well he wanted him to not be in the coffin and instead this guy's in the coffin so maybe he just wanted him to be in the coffin as a distraction but then why wouldn't it be so simple as to say well, I want them to die. Yeah, I want them to die so they're dead. Hmm. Like, he could have taken all four of them out. Mm. But then they jumped out that window. Yeah. Also, there is... And why would if he just... No, you're right, there's four of them. Yeah, two of them have died. That's right. Rest in peace. Rip in peace, American gentleman and token Egyptian man, who was the real hero here. (laughs) Um, Wilson Phillips? Okay, so Wilson Phillips was an interesting one, because with Nukasaki, it was like, oh... Well, we see him go from here to here. But Wilson Phillips is like literally his point of view is like, oh, so I was here and now I'm here. Everything is shifting around me. Yeah. So then I thought, well, maybe it's still something to do with time, but like not to do with time. What about space? Maybe. Well, space time. Am I right? The world. Yeah. I was thinking maybe it worked on fear for a second there. Huh. Where like he was like, oh, well, we have peace of mind through fear. (laughs) Rule through fear. So... I like the sound of that. Because if you think about it, Polnareff was sort of a little bit scared. Well, everyone's scared of Dio. He's got that beautiful bisensuality. You're goddamn right. He was all scared. Uh, and then we had Nukusaku, who was scared. We have this guy who's scared. Um, was there anyone else who... Power manipulating fear would be really solid when you're a terrifying vampire. Yeah. And then we had Kakuin, who just did Emerald Splash. And then he well, got scared because he's like... How the fuck did he do that? But then how did the world appear right next to him before he was scared? Well, Dio did the thing, right? He did the flick. Oh, yeah. So that was just vampirism or something. Yeah. Or maybe as soon as the first... We just had that aura about him. He's like, you know what? I'm a little scared, but I'm not hugely (laughs) scared-ish. So, I don't know. Maybe it could work on fear and, like, bringing about peace of mind through his own vision of what that peace of mind would be. But then the problem is, like... uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking it has some. It has to do with space on like bringing about a goal that he sees. So I'm thinking maybe his stand is if I want it to. Maybe it's just literally. <laughs> I think you're starting to babble a bit. Yeah. Uh, if it's they're scared, he can manipulate them. He can manipulate where they are in space. Maybe. Okay. Sure. Oh, Let's close the book on it there, because oh, otherwise you'll go for hours. God, I don't even know. It's so weird. Anyway. Find out next time in Dio's World Part 2. Now, we've got some end of show business. we got someone in the show business. That's not what I said. Oh. We've got some end of show business. Oh, end of show business. Okay, guys, it's the end of show business, as yep. we know it. We're closing it down. Weinstein just really pooped the bucket. Wow. Too soon. 
Or was it? Some might say not soon enough. Ooh, very good. Anyway, um, we want to return a mutual shout out mm-hmm. to um, someone who got in touch with us recently. Vivian Kerr. Yes. Who has started a podcast of their own and left us a five-star review. We'll be returning that favour. Mm-hmm. Though, of course, we only have access to the Australian iTunes store. Who knows how that's going to go? Yep, but, you know, international reviews hmm. are, are probably harder to come by if you're, if you're, in, yeah. if you're working in the Americas. Um, she has a podcast uh, about interviewing shows, uh, interviewing actors. Has had guests, including um, Robin Weigert from Deadwood and Big Little Lies and Patrick Fischler from Once Upon a Time and Lost. An episode with William Sadler coming on Monday. Looks like a solid little interview show. Mm. Recommend you check it out. Plenty of good names there. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're doing shout-outs too, I want to give a, a, a renewed shout-out to a friend of the show, um, Patty Stardust, host of the... Uh, Patty! Co-host of the Twin Humanities podcast, who frequently spruiks us on Twitter and is very nice about us and has a, fu- a fun show. They've been playing a lot of Warframe lately. Oh. And also the Monster Hunter World Beater. Ooh! So, guys, two great podcasts. Check them out. If you don't, see you in hell. Fucking come on. Governor. Get good. Well, listen to me pods, Gov. <laughs> Oi, sir. Come, come swim around in my big Scrooge McDuck podcast bin. Sir, can I have more pods? Never. <laughs> You'll get as many pods as you want, but no casts. <laughs> anyway, this is weird. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, I think until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued.